Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me this week, I have a special guest. Let them know who you are, brother. Hey, what's up, man? I'm Troy Adams. And what podcast are you from? The Podcast Wrestling Society. Long name, but uh, you can just call it PWS. There you go. That works right there for me. As always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Troy, are you ready? I am ready. Question number one. Give me your top five wrestlers of all time. Ooh. Um, you want it uh, five first or one first? Either way you want to do it. All right. Uh, my all-time favorite's got to be The Undertaker. Okay, that's a good choice. Uh, I don't know why, as a young kid, uh, first wrestler when I was seven years old that got me hooked was an undead zombie wizard. But <laughs> that's the way it is. Um, then I would have to say Ric Flair. Woo! I, I didn't appreciate him so much as a kid. Uh, but as I got older, uh, about teenage years, then I really started to realize how great the guy was. And I mean, what he's in his seventies and still all over the place. He's in hip hop music and everything. Yes. Uh, seems like a cool guy. Yeah. He seems, he seems cool. Uh, I couldn't keep, even in, in his seventies, I couldn't keep up with him partying, but, uh, <laughs> he's like a cool dude. Uh, Shawn Michaels, number three. HBK, heartbreak kid. I like that choice. He's uh, always been a great entertainer, and all of his matches are always great, uh, you know, going all the way back to when he was young, and even now when he's, well, now he's not in the ring anymore, but he could 
probably still out wrestle some of the younger guys. <clears throat> he's only in the ring unless he goes to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, when you throw that much money in your face, I mean, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sure they made a couple of house payments for him. Definitely. Um, yeah, two more. That's really hard to think of. Um, I would probably have to say, just off the top of my head right now, I'd say uh, a Kurt Angle. I've always been a big fan. That's of a really good choice. Really good yeah. choice. Uh, I think as far as like all around in ring, he's always been great, whether he's in, you know, no matter where he's wrestling at. It's a little sad now because he's retiring at WrestleMania and he's uh, kind of out of shape you know, puffing and puffing, but, you know, we have the great memories of him. And then, uh... That's a good choice. Man. I like Kurt Angle. Let me ask you a question about Kurt Angle before we go over to the fifth one. All right. His TNA career is better than his WWE career, correct? I'm not wrong on that, am I? Uh, it's longer. Um, I don't know, he had, I mean, he had great matches in both, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you see his TNA stuff when, like, some of the pay-per-view matches he had, they were really good. Yeah, like the, the feud with Samoa Joe, the feud with AJ Styles. He's had some incredible TNA matches. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say that his, his WWE career was great. I don't know if TNA really might be just as good. Yeah, I'd say it was just as good. It was definitely more star power in, in his WWE run, like with Austin and Rock and Undertaker. Yeah, Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar. But, I mean, you know, in TNA, you've got, you know, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sting, Christian Cage. He had some great matches with all those guys. So yeah. it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and it was a lot of dream matches that I never thought I'd see until he left WWE. So it was it was a fun time. <clears throat> yeah, and, and Jeff Jarrett told his wife. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's another thing. <laughs> maybe it wasn't so fun for him uh, on that that point of it, but I don't know. He's he's remarried now and got some more kids, so I guess he's doing all right. Yeah, I'm quite sure he's doing just fine. Oh yeah, uh, but yet you actually uh, was talking about the TNA stuff, made it pop into my head. I'd say my number one or, or my number five uh, is probably AJ Styles. That's an excellent choice, I think. AJ Styles is by far the best wrestler to ever come out of TNA. Maybe one of the best wrestlers ever. I think some people don't agree with me, but I'd say he's the best in the world right now. I can see that. I can agree with that. I think he's so good. It is crazy. By the time this episode comes out, WrestleMania ought to be over with because we're recording late. But he is so good that it almost feels like uh, AJ Styles, Randy Orton match. It's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see him fight against somebody cool. You know what I mean? They can obviously, you know. It, well, at least this version of Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm thinking. Uh, I'm wondering if AJ can pull a great match out of it. Because Orton can have a great match. He's just been almost like an autopilot for the last few years. Where he's yes. like, ah, I'll do, uh, you know, I'll do the bare minimum have a halfway decent match and just get on out. As long as I get the RKO off, that's all that matters. Do stuff to not get injured and, you know, have a halfway decent match. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. What's the best album you listened to in the past year? 
Oh man. Um, and it's hard because I don't listen to a whole lot of like albums straight through if it's not like greatest hit stuff. Um, greatest hits counts, by the way. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I, a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but I'm really into Maroon 5. And I like almost, I like Maroon 5. I like almost it, every album they put out. Even with the whole Super Bowl controversy, I like Maroon 5. I just I didn't like the performance, but the performance yeah. was horrible. <laughs> but I think I like Maroon 5 a lot. I saw them. I took uh, uh, she's my wife now, but we were we were dating at the time. Our first uh, Valentine's Day together, I knew she was a big Maroon 5 fan, so I got us tickets to see them in Columbus. Uh, like shortly after Valentine's Day. Oh, that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, it was it was a good show. So I know they can do well live. Uh Super Bowl halftime show didn't prove that. <laughs> Definitely. Question number three. What's the dumbest thing you did as a kid? Oh man. So many, so many options for that one. I think everybody has like a list. Yeah. Um off the top of my head, cutting my because every care every kid cuts their own hair at least once. I did it three times, um, so I have like family photos where my bangs are like combed down, but they're all the way up here. So <laughs> uh, my mom wasn't super happy about all that. Um, and another time, I tried to. I was like five, and I tried walking across town to my aunt's house, like with traffic going on and everything. And luckily if uh, like a neighbor stopped and caught, you know, caught me and like gave me a ride home. But uh, yeah, that was looking back. That was, that was some pretty dumb stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Question number four is the fun question. What's your favorite WrestleMania moment? Ooh. Um, being there last year was pretty cool, um, but like not involving like me actually being in the crowd. Um, man, I'd say probably uh, the whole Austin winning the, the championship at WrestleMania 14 and uh, Mike Tyson knocking Shawn Michaels out to start the Austin era. That was that was pretty sweet. That definitely was cool. I I got a couple of them I liked. I like um, the well, when I was at um, Zena versus Rock, the first one. Ooh, that was good. I was actually there for that, so that was really cool. Daniel Bryan winning the championship was cool. I, I was almost at that WrestleMania for some reason. I, me and my me and my buddy can't remember why we weren't there, but um, we skipped out on that one and went to the next one in Louisiana, which was last year. And uh, yeah, but yeah, Daniel Bryan winning was really cool, but it also had the bad moment of The Undertaker losing his streak to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that, that was a good idea. <laughs> and a lot of people can't watch this moment. It, it's still one of my favorites, but a lot of people can't watch it because of personal things that happened. But at the end of WrestleMania 20, where Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were world champions and they hugged in the middle of the ring with confetti going everywhere, that was, that was real special. That was awesome. Well, since you brought it up, Question number five. Had there ever been a time where wrestlers made you cry or be getting depressed? And name that time, by the way. When I found out 
I, I think two of the only times that I ever, if I got really, I didn't feel like crying about the Chris Benoit thing. Cause that was, I mean, that was more like I was in shock and like just more news kept pouring in about it. And I just kept getting more shocked, but I was a huge Eddie Guerrero fan. And he, when he passed away, uh, I was almost brought to tears about that. And then especially when they did the dedication show to him and everything. And then when, uh, when Owen Hart died, um, I was seven or eight at the time, I think. And, uh, he had, you know, died in the ring. And then the next night they had a big dedication show to him and that as, especially as a kid and, you know, you watch all these guys on TV every week and you, you know, he falls from the rafters and snaps his neck in the ring and dies right then and there, you know, that, that's really, that's uh, crazy. yeah, that, that, that about brought me to tears uh, as a kid. I have one. It's interesting because it's sad, but it's like, I don't know if it was so much like televised or anything like that promoted the way it was like mine is simple. Um, one that got to touch me was I met Jerry Lawler two weeks before his son died. Oh, man. Like two weeks before his son died, I met Jerry Lawler. And he couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Like nice to me, my son, everything. The nicest guy you want to meet. And then that's I just hear his son, and I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Like two weeks later, like, I'm like, wow, that's like, it shocked me. Because I remember Brian Christopher. Yes. I, I felt bad because um he's had so many like his son when he was alive had so many run-ins with the law and just ridiculous stories about him in in the news media and everything and we me and my co-host covered him on my on our podcast and it's like you know we're sitting there kind of like we were like man it's really sad he needs help and but at the same time some of the elements of the of stories were funny so we couldn't help laughing and then when he passes away we're like man now I want to go take down all that. Even though it was forever ago that we did it. It's like, now I want to go take all that stuff down off of, you know, so you just YouTube and everything else. Cause it's like, it just makes you feel so bad. It's like, we didn't want anything. We, we wanted him to get help, you know, but. Yeah. It's always like crazy when you see those things happen. It, yeah. It, it's funny when it happened at the moment, but then when yeah. it, like something tragedy happened behind it, it already breaks your heart. Like the Jerry Lawler thing kind of touched me because like two weeks ago, he met my son. Yeah. And, you know, anytime somebody loses a son, it has to be hard. Especially when it's a situation where your son is still relatively young. Mm -hmm. That has to suck. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a dad myself, but um, I don't just hearing about that kind of stuff always breaks my heart thinking about it, you know. And uh, it's always tough to just imagine that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I grew up watching both of them on TV when I was young, so uh, you know it's 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 hard to hard to think about that kind of stuff, especially with someone that you know you grew up watching. Definitely, definitely. So let everybody know what your podcast is about. Well, um, we cover wrestling, obviously, and uh, and we cover a little bit of MMA. My co-host is more. Um, well-versed on MMA and UFC and uh, if there's a real big boxing fight, he'll watch it and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it on the show. Uh, and I 
try to watch it so I'm not going in blind and, you know, like I have no idea what happened and he's the only one to talk about it. Uh, but we try to cover the big stuff in wrestling. Uh, we were switching formats a little bit for more of a, we used to have multi-part series. Now we're going to more of a, a, a one-week format for the show where in the past we've covered stuff like when Vince Russo was booking for WCW and how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, we make a lot of Vince Russo jokes throughout it, a lot of bro, a lot of swerve, and you know, stuff like that. And uh, we make it funny. We don't just cover it and crap on it. We laugh at it. My my co-host, the poor guy, actually watched all of it. Um, but then I tortured myself because the next format is we covered the year 1995 in pay-per-views for all companies. And it was a terrible year. Uh, everything was cartoony, stupid, and or boring. But we made it fun and funny uh, and kind of cover all that. And uh, almost like a, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000. You ever see that? Yeah, I've watched okay. that show plenty of times, yeah. We do, we do stuff like that almost where we watch it and then we'll kind of mock it in a funny way. Even if it's something good, we'll, we'll make it funny somehow. And... Our most recent series we did uh each fifth wrestlemania so we did like one five ten fifteen so on and if we were there or at a surrounding wrestlemania we gave a personal experience to go along with it not just well this is what happened at the show um and we tried to uh incorporate if we were watching it live what we were feeling as a fan because obviously we weren't there you know in the back area so we can't give like you know the the business side of it and uh our our recent podcast that we were uh we did uh here should be posted by now is uh on vince russo actually just his whole career like a career retrospective and uh well, we're gonna let me ask you about this then, since you mentioned that mm -hmm. we may make fun of his uh wcw right which was God atrocious. Yeah. Um, but to his credit, his WWE run is legendary, and his TNA run is not too bad. At least, well, at least till you get to the end. Yeah. the 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 TNA stuff, um, we do crap on it a bit in the podcast, but we're not super harsh because, I mean, with with full disclosure, me and my co-host were huge TNA fans back in the day. Up me in, too. Uh, I, I it was. I can't remember the exact year, but right after Hogan and Bischoff left, that's when I kind of fell out of it when they went to like Destination America and whatever. I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were big fans. They had a, a, a lot of great talent, some wacky cartoonish storylines that we didn't always care for, but it was fun. I, I always thought it was fun to watch. To give them credit. To give them credit because like I said, I'm... Vince Russo is one of those guys. If you can, if you can rein him in, he puts out good stuff. But when he's left to his own devices, it's when it gets everything yeah. on a pole match and things like that. Well, and I think he's got some outdated views that they might have worked in the in the late '90s when yes. he was in the Attitude Era. Uh, it's stuff that in the 2019 world would not work. Oh and yeah, by far, by far, yeah. Definitely. And when he's made comments about 
Uh, as an American, I don't care about a Mexican or a Japanese wrestler because I can't relate to them. I don't care about the, I, I only care about the American wrestlers. Stay far away from my my wrestling in 2019, please. Yeah, I think he's kind of he's old school in the sense where I don't want to. Yeah, he's, let's call it spade spade. He's a dinosaur. You yeah. know, he represents what the old guard was all about in terms of like we're gonna have this super buff steroid guy. He's going to be the world champion. Nobody can beat him because he doesn't look like he can be beaten. Whereas yeah. today's wrestling is so far different from that in terms of like the kayfabe of wrestling is basically gone. We know these guys aren't who they say they are. Like, for example, Xavier Woods, he has, he has a YouTube channel where he plays video games. And yeah. other wrestlers come on it and play with him. And a lot of the times, they're other heels. They're heels and faces playing games like Madden together. So we don't right. live in that generation where kayfabe is a thing anymore. So we have to accept people for who they are. Plus, wrestlers are nowhere near as big as in terms of size as they used to be. Yeah, there are there are only a few of them that you're like, okay, you could you could have wrestled back in the '80s and you would have fit in. But yeah. not a, ones like Braun Strowman or uh, Jinder Mahal or you know Sheamus and stuff like that. But, even, even Roman Reigns, he's big, but he's yeah. not like. Hulk Hogan, huge, freakishly big. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, wrestlers as a whole are a lot smaller nowadays, uh, usually. And I don't feel that, you know, everybody should be a cruiserweight or something like that. But at the same time, I mean, there should be a good balance because you shouldn't. I've seen so many wrestlers, and even in WWE today, that they get the benefit of the doubt and they get the higher spots on the card simply because of their size and i feel that there needs to be a little bit of talent in there because you can be big all day that doesn't mean you're going to be good yeah I so think we've seen several examples of that in wwe i think a lot of a lot of wwe wrestlers have the look but not always have that ability to captivate the audience right and, and also another thing that kind of bothers me about what wwe does is the fact that they'll have wrestlers and they'll take a small shot with like like I'll give you a perfect example, Braun Strowman. There was a point where he seemed like he was just gonna be the man. And then for some reason or another, they just cooled off on him. Yeah. To the point where it's not even yeah, it's, it's not even the same guy. Yeah, it's it's it, that's my my co-host brought that up to me. He was like, You remember when everybody used to love Braun Strowman and now nobody gives a crap? And I said, Well. He's in a feud with the guys from Weekend Update from Saturday Night Live. I mean, why would you care about that? Cool, he can rip a car apart, you know, that's that's been gimmicked. I, you know, that that's cool the first two times you see it. But when he's tipping over ambulances and semi-trucks on a weekly basis, it loses effect. And it's just, it's cartoonish. And, uh, and I like him. I think he's a good wrestler, and he's good on the mic. He's got the, you know um you know get these hands thing but at the same time he's they they, they can't be consistent with him either have yeah. him be the man or don't have him be the man don't don't fake us out with it and to your point you can't have him pushing over ambulances and tearing off corridors one week and then losing a match to somebody who shouldn't be beating him the next week no no it it's it's ridiculous and it's the start and stop, you know, the 50-50 booking and everything like that. 
That's why we don't have a lot, even though they call them superstars, we don't have a lot of actual big superstars today where like Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day, you didn't see him losing hardly ever. And when he did, it meant something. Yeah. And nowadays it's, you know, you, anybody could lose on any given night and it, it shouldn't be that way. Because, I mean, even taking something, you know, real, like the UFC, uh, how, why do you, you know, why does, why does somebody care about, like, why did anybody start caring about Ronda Rousey? She never lost. Yeah. And, and, and like, Cain Velasquez and people like that, you, stop, you started caring about them because they went in, they, they beat the crap out of people, and they won a lot. And when they lost, it was a big deal. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, I think. It's been said for a long time that Vince kind of like Vince McMahon, that is, kind of wants no wrestler to be bigger than the WWE name. And now it's getting to the point where that might be a problem because you it's not like it was five or six years ago when WWE was the only show in town. You now got AEW, you got Ring of Honor Rising Up, you got New Japan, all these shows are getting better and getting talented athletes who people know. People know who Cody Rhodes is. Cody Rhodes is a household name. People know who Kenny Omega is. Kenny Omega is a household name. The, the Young Bucks, and these guys are making names for themselves outside of WWE to get to the point where they don't have to come to WWE. Well, and a big problem with wrestling fans um, that on my, like on my podcast, my, my co-host is the 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 hardcore he's wwe all the way he barely cares about anything else other than wwe so and and i always try to play it in the in the center and i i always say well they have other options you see and his thing is always yeah but they're not as big as wwe so who cares and it's like well i mean it depends on if you're happy where you work Sure, you might be getting, some people might be getting more money, but you have less options, less freedom, uh, you, know, you know, different stuff like that. And no, I don't believe anybody's ever going to compete with WWE ever again. They've, they're too big. They've become Disney. But yes. as far as like, as, as an alternative for wrestling fans and for actual wrestlers, I mean, yeah, I, I don't watch it a whole lot anymore. I keep up with it, but I mean, even Impact Wrestling is a is a viable alternative for for people, and I mean they have their niche of people who like them and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that we're getting to the point where we have competition. It may not never hit to a level of WWE, WCW, but we need to have variety in wrestling in terms of like, hey, it keeps WWE on its toes. So everybody who Likes WWE should want that competition there because WWE was at its best when it had WCW dipping at its toes or killing them for those 83 weeks. Well, and wrestling fans are their own worst enemies with um, you've got people that are just like my, uh, even worse than my co-hosts that are just, you know, straight. Everything sucks, but WWE, WWE is it. Nobody knows or cares about anybody who's not WWE, blah, blah, blah. And then you have the, on the reverse side, where everything WWE does sucks. They hate it. Everything else is better. Nobody, you know, WWE is just 
uh, kids show or whatever they happen to say. And it's just, I, I had heard an analogy where they said, you know, I stopped listening to arguments when you, with stuff like, if somebody says, well, everything at McDonald's sucks, and you say, well, okay, you may think that, but at least their fries are good. And you say, no, even their fries suck. And you say, okay, well, now I don't even listen to you anymore. Yeah, that is very true. So let's bring it back a little bit. How did you come up with the idea for the podcast, and what made you think of, hey, I want to become a podcaster? Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what exactly sparked my, I was like, hey, I should start a podcast, but I thought, I mean, I am in the radio industry uh, as by, for, by trade, and I've always, I, I, well, I'm a, on, I was going to say, what station, and what do you do? Uh, well, it's uh, WLW here in Cincinnati, it's um, Heritage Station, it's one of the biggest in the country, um, I'm a street reporter for them. So I, uh, I've been there for about three years. So anybody in the Cincinnati area, they can listen to Troy and listen to his podcast for, the, for that matter. Do both. <laughs> Go and, on the station, listen to him, then listen to him the podcast. And I, uh, I listen, or I, uh, I, 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 being a reporter, I employ the same, or I try to uh, employ the same logic with that to my podcast of, uh, I, I play it down the middle. I, when you when you listen to my reporting on the radio, I don't want anybody to know what my political views are. I don't want anybody to know what where I stand on any issue whatsoever. And if you can, I feel I'm doing my job wrong. And I try to do that with certain issues on my podcast where I play it down the middle and I give both sides. I don't want you to know, okay, well, he even, I mean, it's my podcast. I don't care. So I'll state my opinion on things. But there are some things I, I, you know, I do give both sides of the story and I never go in and just bury something completely because, I mean, anybody could do that and it's boring after a while. But So let me ask you this before you keep going. What led you on the path of journalism? How did you get there? How did you even get a job at a radio station? That's a pretty cool job. I think so. Um, I started off... uh, I want to be a video game programmer because I, I didn't know what all went into it. Realized there was a lot more that went into it than I realized. And I thought, ah, this, I, I dropped out of the college I was in. And I thought, well, I need to do something. And my mom saw uh, a commercial for this college, told me about it. I went there and I thought I was going to go into TV, ended up falling in love with radio. And at first, when you get into radio, you think, oh, I'm going to be a DJ and play music. But uh, my first radio job was at a station up in Dayton um, where uh, it was news. It was news talk. And I thought, well, this is fun. And I begged them and begged them and begged them to put me on the air. And finally, they needed somebody to fill in. They put me on the air to do news. And I loved it. And when this job in Cincinnati opened up, I applied for it. Thought, there's no way I'm going to get this job. I've been in in radio for like a year. And they hired me. I moved to Cincinnati and I love it. So I got, I, I uh, got more deep into news and I love the freedom of being a reporter and covering different angles and different stories and stuff like that. So let me ask you this, since you're a reporter, hmm. what's one of the more interesting stories that you had to cover? 
Well, uh, lots of lots of uh, of standoffs. Um, the political stuff is fun sometimes. Other times, it gets a little, you know, Jeez. yeah, because you're sitting around waiting for a politician to show up so you can record them and whatnot. Sometimes it's fun. Uh, I I like talking to different people about different issues. We had a plane, a small plane uh, crashed in the area a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, the pilot passed away in the in the crash, but I got to go to the neighborhood and talk to the to officials and talk to uh, the, the, the neighbors and uh, kind of got different angles on the story and whatnot. Um, I, I like covering that kind of stuff. Um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of it is sad. Uh, that's just kind of how news goes, but yeah. it's, it's cool to be in the, in the center of it, be in the know. Any terrifying moments covering news for you? Uh, nothing real terrifying. There have been a couple times, um, this, the cops are usually pretty good about keeping us far enough away from situations. Uh, there was one where a guy had a had an assault rifle and got mad at his his dad shot him in the hand and shot a deputy and then took off with with the, the assault rifle and we they tried to keep us in an area they thought was far enough away but at the same time they didn't exactly know where the guy was so that was a little uh, nerve-wracking being there all night wow any fun moments like did you meet any celebrities or anything like that walking around covering news um, there was a movie being filmed here in, in uh, Cincinnati that I got to go to a press conference, uh, for it. And the actor Frank Grillo was in the movie. Um, he put, for those of you that don't know, he was in like, um, oh, I know who he is. yeah, the, the purge and, uh, stuff like that. He's in my favorite movie of all time. Captain America with a soldier. Yes. Yeah. He's he was yeah. Yeah. Uh, that and, uh. There was, I can never remember the woman's name. She's like one of the most, she, she's a beautiful model and she became an actress and whatever. I can never remember her name, but she was there. Um, but yeah, covering stuff like that's pretty fun knowing about, you know, movies being filmed here in the area. And then I got to meet uh, former president Bill Clinton. Well, I didn't get to meet him. I got to go to his like rallies for these people. Uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump Jr. Wow, that's so, pretty. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I got to interview the current governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, people like that. So that's the, I, I find that stuff interesting. I get into the to politics and whatnot. Okay. Let me ask you this then. With all your knowledge that you have in covering news and stuff like that, why you never thought about getting into wrestling journalism? It's hard, and that sounds like a a lame answer. But uh, there are so many, so many people that uh, I mean, I report you know what I hear and stuff like that on the actual podcast. But I don't like wrestling journalism because. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to cut through the bullcrap because wrestling is a weird thing. I, it's not a sport, but it's not 
not a sport, you know? So it's, it's, it's weird to cover and it's very polarizing and uh, they're just, it, it, it's hard to know what's real and what's kayfabe and, uh, or, you know, for those not knowing what the word means, it's basically keeping in character. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard. Right now I'm working on making more contacts in the wrestling business to try to throw the podcast, but um, it's, it's a slow build. Yeah. So who are your dream guests to have on the podcast? Oh, if I could have anybody, even as unrealistic as it sounds, um, I would love to interview AJ Styles, uh, Kenny Omega. Um, I'd actually like to talk to uh, Jay Lethal and Jay White and people like that if they're more indie and New Japan names, but uh, I've always liked them. And I think uh, Edge and Christian would be fun interviews. They seem like fun dudes. Definitely. What are your aspirations and what do you want to take your podcast into the future? Well, um, I definitely want to grow it big enough where, uh, you know, I can uh, have, like I said, have more guests and have people more willing to, if I reach out, they just, yeah, I've got plenty of time for you, you know, and I just, I mean, in all honesty, I keep doing it because it's fun. Uh, no matter, you know, if I get 10, 10 listens or 10,000 listens, you know, whatever, uh, it's, it's fun. It's been a struggle at times, but me and my co-hosts love it. And it gives me an excuse to watch WWE Network and other things back, you know, and kind of brush up on uh, current and past product. And uh, I just want people to, you know, interact with uh, with me and my co-hosts more and kind of tell us what do you what do you want to hear discussed more? So I can have more of a social uh, network uh, going between me and, and listeners. So since you said that, where can listeners contact you to do um, this? We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tags for all of those are at Pod Rest Society. That's P-O-D-W-R-E-S Society. And you can also email me if you really want to. Um, it's Jap Japanese Pro Wrestling at gmail.com. It's an email address I've had for a long time. Don't ask. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can contact me any of those three ways. Uh, we welcome feedback on anything. We're on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We also, you know, I check our YouTube daily. It's um, youtube.com forward slash podcast wrestling society. So, uh, you know, we've gotten plenty of feedback on there and comments and whatnot. And we always try to take that into advisement when thinking of future episodes and what people would want to hear. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're growing. Uh, we've grown our YouTube pretty quickly. 
uh, I mean, considerably, you know, within, within about a year, we've gotten almost 150 subscribers and it kind of, it was a slow build for a while and then just kind of blew up. Uh, we archive all of our episodes in video form on YouTube. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm working right now as we speak on trying to upload everything because I'm behind a bit. But, you know, we were 30, almost 40 episodes in. Um, and this is a reboot. This is a, we had a, a podcast by the same name before, but we rebooted it um, last year sometime. And uh, we're, we're trying new things and different things. And we always welcome, hey, um, we'd like to hear more of this or we don't like when you guys do that or something like that. Okay, cool. Let me ask you this then. I want to ask you two more questions. One not so long, one maybe a little bit more longer. Okay. Ronda Rousey's running it, WWE. What did you think of it? I like it. Um, I I was at her very first match at WrestleMania 34, uh, the mixed tag match she had. I thought she did phenomenally. I didn't really think she was going to be bad at all because, I mean, she's been a trash talker for years in UFC and strike force. So I didn't, you know, I didn't really have any reservations about that. And then she's at, you know, she's athletic and she's a winner, uh, you know, so, and one of her best friends is a pretty good wrestler, Shayna Baszler down in um, uh, NXT. So I thought, Hey, you know, she can do it. And she's, she's torn it up. She outlived her usefulness as a baby face, I feel, and that's why I'm glad they turned her heel. Because when I, when me and my co-host watched her years ago as a coach on The Ultimate Fighter, I thought, I really hate this chick. Like, I hate her. Like, just the way she acts. She's very hateable. So, it's, it's perfect in WWE. And... She's been having good matches, even if, even if not, they're not the you know some five star classic in the Tokyo Dome. They're really good uh, matches ninety percent of the time, and she's done she's done fairly well. And uh, they say she's taken a hiatus. I hope it's not too long, but we'll see. Okay, I have two more questions. Two more questions. Okay. <laughs> it was two. Now I have another question. Okay. Who? Are you, what? MMA fight or athlete for that matter think can make that transition over to pro wrestling like she did like she did um well there's two actually one uh one guy actually just signed with triple a um uh kane velasquez who i mentioned earlier so he's going to be a professional wrestler now um there are two current guys that i think would do great one of them is daniel cormier uh he's a lifelong wrestling fan he's big into it he's big been big into it for years and he's an actual like trained wrestler not professional wrestler but um it always helps to have that background and he's good at trash talking and all that good stuff and the other one uh i would say is conor mcgregor he's the natural heel a natural like you, you want to hate him and you want to see him get punched in the face but at the same time he's good and he's he, he's a I, he's got everything down i think you know if, if he trained for a little bit i think he'd be great i mean he was 
he was passable as a boxer with a couple months of training there. So I think he could be a pretty good pro wrestler with a, a little bit of training. Good, good answer, good answer. Okay, final question. All right. Women's revolution. Women are taking over wrestling in terms of they're standing on par side to side with men. Still in the show at WrestleMania and things like that. What do you think of it so far? And what would you like to see happen in the women's revolution? Not only at WWE, but for that matter, because it's happening everywhere in terms of wrestling in general. Where would you like to see the women take it now? Um, I mean, nothing ever hits its ceiling. I don't think there's really a ceiling for anything. Uh, right now, it's a hot issue because it's, it, it's new and it's never been done before in WWE. Uh, I remember years ago, TNA was having great women's matches in cages and, you know, main eventing shows and stuff like that. So it's not like there's a groundbreaking thing in wrestling as a whole. Uh, and, you know, even if you're looking to real sports, UFC has been having, you know, female superstars for years now uh, since they bought out Strike Force. But WWE was a little slow to get on the train. But it seems like it's 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 working well now. They've got women tag team champions. Uh, they've had, I mean, the women stole the show back at WrestleMania 32. It was uh, Sasha Banks, uh, uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Charlotte Flair, and um, I want to say I, I'm blanking on the third one. It was was it Bailey? I believe. I, I, I'm I'm blanking right now. Um, I don't know why that was my favorite match of the whole card but then they had that evolution pay-per-view that was really good and i think main eventing wrestlemania i think is the is the pinnacle of you know everything they've been working for the pay-per-view was good it was it was really good actually but it wasn't i it, it wasn't quite wrestlemania and now we're at wrestlemania and uh it was Becky Lynch. I'm sorry. It wasn't Bailey um, doing that match. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the hottest angle in the company. It's not just the main event because they made it the main event. It was the main event because it was the best thing they had going with the women. Yes. They're not because too many times they're like, well, we're going to do this because they're women and we're going to push it because that's the hot, you know, uh, everybody wants us to. So we're going to push the women even if it's like, well, okay, that's fine. But this actually, it deserved it. The women are, I mean, you want to see the women more than anything else on the show right now. Uh, some of it is because there's just weak stuff going on with the men's feuds. But some of it is, because, I mean, they, they have honestly earned it. And Ronda Rousey's a superstar. I like mainstream superstar. And she, I, she sprinkled a little bit of her mainstream superstar dust on Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And they were great to begin with, but now they're bigger than before, I think. So this is a big deal. And they, they've got, they're going mainstream. And I'd like to see Becky Lynch or, and Charlotte Flair, people like that, be the actual like faces of the company. Which I think might happen eventually. If it keeps going the way it is, uh, I mean, I love, you know, guys like Roman Reigns. I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that one. But, like Roman Reigns. Yeah. But uh, I'm one of the only people that, you know, consistently cheers for him at every show I go to and people get mad at me, but whatever. 
Um, I like Roman. I like uh, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and all of them, but, and Daniel Bryan, of course, and Kofi Kingston has really exploded within the last, you know, since January, I think. And, but I think it's really time. I mean, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey have earned their spots. So why not put them at the top? Definitely. It's been good having you on, brother. Let them know where to find your stuff at. Yeah, uh, you can find us uh, if you go to any of our social media. We constantly post. We're on, uh, if you search or if you just search for us on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes. We're all over the place and we're on YouTube. We always post our links on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at PodRest Society. And uh, we, we're always posting all the links to every uh, facet you can listen to us on. Definitely. It's been awesome having you on, man. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Man. As always, Devil Cock Spirits, we are out. Peace. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe! I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings every time you go. Field trip! HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices.